Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvroski. Welcome to a bonus episode of Maintenance Disrupted. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, we bring you an episode of the Leadership Launchpad Project where Susan Hobson and I talk about the Great Recession. We talk about the return to work and we talk about why Leadership 2.0 is the only way forward for you as a leader. We've had a lot of success lately with teaching leadership in this new way to a lot of people in heavy industry, including manufacturing, mining, consulting, all these different people. If you would like to sign up for the Leadership Launchpad Project program, reach out to me, robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com or go to robsreliability.com slash leadership and check out the program there. Currently, we have spots available for a private session. So if you're looking for your company and for your team, reach out to me there. There will be another offering of the Leadership Launchpad Project public offering in the fall. So if you're an individual or you have a couple people, that will be coming out likely in September. The next thing is... If you want to measure and improve your team, one of the leading indicators for a high-performing team is psychological safety. It is the leading indicator for communication, for innovation, for employee engagement. If you would like to get a psychological safety assessment, reach out to me and we can make that happen for you. I am giving 10 away for free. So if you're one of the first 10 people to reach out to me, you'll get a free psychological safety assessment and debrief with your team. So definitely don't miss out on that. Everybody, I really appreciate you listening. If you haven't yet and you love this type of content, you love to learn about leadership, go over to the Leadership Launchpad Project feed on whatever podcast platform you're listening to Maintenance Disrupted on and hit the subscribe button there. We've brought you a ton of great leadership information lately. So definitely you're going to want to go over there and hit the subscribe button. I really appreciate you listening. And here is the state of the workforce. We are live. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski, and as always, we have our in-house leadership coach, Susan Hobson. Susan, how are you? I'm excellent, Rob. Thank you very much. I actually just got back from the lake. I was up in Quebec with one of my high-level mastermind groups. We had to pivot our retreat, <laughs> uh, and Tracy uh, Allen, who we actually had on the show, who's in this mastermind was lovely enough to extend an offer and was the hostess with the mostest. So we just had a grand old time out at the lake all weekend. So I'm feeling great. How about you? How are you feeling? Well, <laughs> not, I didn't get out this weekend that much. I, I went to the gym um, and I had a, a ketamine treatment this morning, which went well. So we're, we're rolling slowly here. Um, but I wanted to start off with a quote actually 
today. And this quote, it's, it's a little bit different than our standard leadership quote. And I got this one when, when I was listening to the Simon Sinek podcast, and he had on Chloe Valdari, and she talks about enchantment. And the quote is, the idea of enchantment is we can become in awe of the miracle that we are. The vast and wondrous miracle that is a part of what it means to be human. And that entails being able to carry both the tragedy and the beauty of what it means to be human. Mm, I love that quote. Tell us why you selected that quote today, sir. I just think where where I've been and where I'm going, it, it very much encompasses both tragedy and beauty. And I think where I want people to start thinking about is less about the day-to-day, less about the here and now, and just start thinking at a higher level. And that, to me, that quote is really... It just hit me when I listened to it. And I think I was doing bench press at the time. And I was like, oh, that's the one. (laughs) That's why I asked, because it obviously resonated with you and the journey that you're on, right? And, you know, this is something you and I talk about off mic a lot, right? This whole concept of the hero's journey. But uh, yeah, that, that is my fundamental belief. You know, I've said it on the show so many times that as human beings, we're here to grow. That's the purpose of this thing called life for human beings, right? And, and I don't even know what, what that looks like if you don't have some pain along the way, right? I think the pain is what helps you to find the purpose in a lot of ways. But it's also what helps you get stronger and more resilient as we're learning about navigating a world pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) So that's sort of what I pull from it. But I can totally see why that resonates with you. So why don't you tell our people why we're here today without a guest? Because we are switching it up today, aren't we, Rob? That's right. Yeah, we we wanted to you know, hold off on the guest this week and really get into the state of the working world. And so I've pulled, I pulled a bunch of articles actually. So I have the first one we'll talk about, well, we'll talk, we'll, we'll give you the stats and then we'll kind of get into it. But a Microsoft survey, they surveyed 30,000 global workers and they found that 41% were considering quitting or changing professions this year. Personio in the UK surveyed the UK and Ireland, and they showed that 38% were planning to quit their job in the next 6 to 12 months. Now, you're thinking like, hey, this is just, you know, entry-level people, people that aren't, you know, higher up in the organizations. Well, the Globe and Mail surveyed Bell Canada, Ontario's Teachers Pension Plan, and University of Toronto, and they saw that uh, that 25% of business leaders are considering retiring and basically to move to a less demanding position or to retire. And if we're talking about younger folks, we have 33% of Gen Z and millennials are planning to pursue a new job. So we're talking about the great resignation here. The stats, anywhere from 25 to 40% of your staff is going to be turning over within probably the next year. 
Now, Susan, what are the initial thoughts that are coming up for you? I think it goes right back to that quote you started off with today, doesn't it? I've been saying this all along. This is a big reason why we started this whole Leadership Launchpad Project podcast uh, when we first hit the disruption, right? When we first went into the pandemic. Um, because yeah, I think this has been a great awakening, hasn't it? You know, this is something I spend my day job trying to shake people, right. And, and wake them up to is the the very, you know, meaning of life and why we're here. And I think the reality, right. Is that we've all been sent home, you know, locked in our boxes to really think about our lives and think about, you know, how much we're enjoying what it is that we're actually doing on the daily. And I think this is obviously where people are landing. Those stats don't lie. Almost 50% are landing in. Yeah, this is just not worth my investment of the, the finite resources of time, energy and focus that I have. No money is worth me continuing to go, right, to work every single day. Because I think I can't, I can't remember if it was Adam Bandelli or one of our guests or Tom Furnival who said we spend like a, a third of our lives at work, right? So I think that's what's happening. I think the stats in this great resignation, as it's being called, are, are reflective of the fact that, you know, when people were able to step away from that autopilot mode of just being completely overwhelmed, busy, 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 picking their heads up out of the sand, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that they're obviously awakening to the fact that there's not enough purpose and meaning in whatever it is that they're doing right now. What do you see? Yeah, for me, I see it as a gap in leadership, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but I see it as a lot of those people, they were, they were working remotely or some of them were trying to manage a remote team or some of them were, you know, off like remote for a few weeks and then were pulled back. And and the disruption, in my opinion, it like we talked last week about burnout. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like what the definition I had for burnout was just prolonged periods of stress. It didn't have a context of work. Mm-hmm. And so this is definitely one of those. I think also like I was reading a Gallup poll was talking about the reasons for people burning out is they felt isolated, they felt disconnected from their work in -hmm. terms of purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic really amped that up. Mm -hmm. Because for me, my day job, we went fully remote, we didn't do video calls. Mm -hmm. And you basically went from seeing somebody all the time to never seeing them in a year and a half. Yeah. And you can see that and we talked about this with um, Tom Tom Burnable? Miller. Tom Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who was talking about how to re- manage remotely and, and the processes and tools around that. And it's mm-hmm. very much, we have to lean into video and connection still. And mm-hmm. Tom Furnival was talking about like how they were planning on having, even though they had a remote workforce, is having people travel to the same spot and have, mm-hmm. meet for you know some team building. And I think this is partly super important. And then the last thing I just want to mention is I kind of touched on this last week is the return to work and just all the different things Uh is there's an element of people not being heard. Uh 
and one of the guys on my team when I when we were talking offline about um, some of the return to work stuff, and he said this is true diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. is the different ways people want to return to work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super insightful, right? Is some people, Mm -hmm. you know, they have challenges at home or, you know, maybe they just are dealing with some stuff or, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different preferences and there's no hard and fast rule for thou shalt do, right? It's leadership is an individual game Mm -hmm. and the better you can lean into each individual person, the -hmm. more successful they will be, which in turn will make your team successful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think we've talked about it on the show a lot throughout the pandemic, right? There's a difference between working really hard at something or towards something that you really, really care about, right? That you're really passionate about that's super meaningful to you versus, right, having to put in all these long hours behind the Zoom screen and you can't even see the other person on the other side of that call, right? It's like you know, working towards something that hard, maybe as hard as the person working with passion. But if you don't have that, just that engagement, right, with your peers, with the purpose behind the work that you're doing for the people that you're serving with the work, right? I mean, yeah, that's stress. And that's, that's the difference that I've seen, right, throughout the the pandemic and all the the leaders that I'm working with one-on-one in the chair, right, is like the ones that were really, you know, on their purpose-driven mission, their teams were in alignment with that from a values perspective, right? Like, yeah, it was tough. The disruption was was big, but they were sustaining themselves. They weren't burning out. If anything, a lot of them were finding opportunities, right, in the disruption itself. But yeah, where, where some of my friends and colleagues, right, didn't have that experience in terms of engagement and alignment. Um, yeah, they were super stressed out. And now here they are trying to brace themselves to get back in the game. Their offices are asking them to come back to the office, even though they sent out surveys, right, which reported that these people weren't ready to or didn't feel safe enough to. Um, yeah, I just think you've left them with no choice. Like, how are they supposed to return to work when they're completely burnt out because they've been so stressed out? They're not going to be able to. They're tapping out is how I read that, right? Yeah, and I, th- I think for, like, COVID has really, I mean, obviously, like, I've done a lot of internal work. So mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't say my, my experience of COVID was like everybody else's. Mm-hmm. But but I do think that people are starting to value different things. Absolutely. And I, I had one of my leaders ask me a question about, he was worried about managing Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And he's a millennial, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was worried about, you know, how do I deal with Gen Z? And I started thinking about it and I was like, well, there's no real difference between Gen Z and millennials and boomers. The only real difference is the conditioned values that they hold. Mm -hmm. And so boomers have this very much like, you know, I'm going to go to work. I don't really, I'm just there for the money and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm willing to put up with a ton of crap Mm -hmm. and that's just what it is. Like I know Mm -hmm. my parents were like that. Mm -hmm. I think, our generation, Susan, in the millennials were a little bit further down 
and we, we deal with less crap and we're more willing to switch careers to find something that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. I think Gen Z on the whole is even further. Mm-hmm. And I even believe that boomers coming out of the pandemic will have realized a lot of things that they didn't feel before. Mm-hmm. And well, this is yeah, yeah what the data is showing us. That's what the stats reflect is that a lot of these senior, you know, C-suite executives are just not going to (laughs) bother. They're like, right, at at the golden stage of their career. And if they have the option to go back towards suffering their way through to the finish line, because the conditions obviously are you know, making them feel like they're suffering and, and they don't have to financially. Well, you just said it. If that's their motivation, the motivation's not there anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah, I totally agree, right? Because obviously our parents came up in that generation that had lived through a depression, largely a scarcity mindset that was running the show behind those gates, right? And it was, it was just, they believed they were lucky to have a job, um, but yeah, as, as you move into the millennial generation, it's like, obviously the, the, the most important values to that generation, and this has actually been studied, um, our autonomy, right? Like a sense of free choice in terms of how they show up in their working world, uh, and purpose, right? Like really that whole sense of this is meaningful to me. Uh, and then I'm trying to remember what the agency, right? Right. Like, it's just like, they have to really be, have a sense of self agency in their lives in order to be, you know, super engaged and motivated. Yeah. And I think Gen Z, it's like, there's this article in the Globe and Mail that you sent me, right. And it's like, it's evolved even further past that where they're just feeling so super empowered, right. Because they, they honestly feel like they're interviewing the places that they go to work, right? Because they know who they are. They know what value they bring to the working world. And they, they also know it's like there are a lot of younger companies that are out there in the world, right? Who totally believe in all of those same things that they believe in and are going to create the work conditions to support that flexible hours, investing in personal development and growth is really huge to Gen Z, making sure that that like that actually is something that's built into their, you know, their day-to-day work existence. Um, and then, yeah, this hybrid style of work, like I don't have to be at an office. That's so industrial era, right? Like <laughs> a lot of these young tech companies that I work with, they have phenomenal cultures with such high engagement and they're all working from wherever they are in the world. And except it's like, for Apple. <laughs> well, except, except for Apple, but, um, yeah, no, I mean like a lot of these like tech companies that have come up and I want to say like the last five to 10 years are really high flying are, are, you know, on these steep growth trajectories. Cause our world has seen a big transition towards tech. I mean, it's been further, right. Accelerated during this world pandemic, but, um, those companies understand what is important to the the top talent. And the reality that we're seeing is that top talent is they're just not going to go to those 1.0 organizations. That's the bottom line. And so right back to where we started and why we launched (laughs) this show, right, Rob, with this whole leadership 2.0 movement and mission that we're on and try to spread, spread the ripple effect on. It's like, 
that's going to be the new reality. And I think this world pandemic and all this disruption has just accelerated that a lot. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about like, what do leaders need to do to retain the talent they have? Or, you know, we we won't talk about onboarding new talent, but what I want to say about this is, I mean, first thing is maintain that empathy and flexibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And we talked we talked on this a little bit on the sense of return to work. But one of the guys on my team said to me, he said, like, well, how long should we be flexible with, you know, the masking or the non masking? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, well, it depends on each person. Right. Like there's no hard and fast rule like thou shalt be four weeks of masks mm-hmm. and then no masks anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think I just want to say, I think that's just so hard to be able to create some sort of a protocol across the board on, because especially when we're talking about some of these millennials and Gen Zers and, you know, there's all kinds of variables, right? In terms of did these, did these people even get vaccinated? And then I know there's like a, a whole cohort, right? Like that, that has medical exemptions from even wearing a mask, you know what I'm saying? So I just struggle to understand how are these companies saying, yeah, come back to work, you know, we're going to make people wear masks or come back to work. We're, gonna, we're not going to make people wear masks. We're assuming that they're all vaccinated. How can they do that? That's not that's not going to be guaranteed and necessarily the case, right? With these younger generations. That's right, and and it's unenforceable. And it said literally in the email that you cannot ask other people whether they're fully vaccinated or not. No, of course not. It's so like, you can't ask the question, but you have to trust that they're not wearing or not wearing a mask because you trust them, I guess. Well, if it comes down to trust. Okay. And and your psych safety is in the toilet, right? Then I think that that's even more stressful to ask somebody to come back into an organization where psych safety is already low and and trust is already low, right? I think that just sends the stress even higher, don't you? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's absolutely true, right? And I think, I think that's where, that's where I'm at with leaders, right? Is, having the compassion and the empathy and the flexibility to be okay with different people doing different things. Mm -hmm. But I think it's, it does come from the foundation of psych safety, right? Because if you say, Hey, how do you feel about this? And everyone lies to you. Yeah. Then you didn't get the, and like, we've talked about this from literally the first show, right? Yeah. It's like, then where are you as a leader? You're nowhere. Yeah. You can't, you're not a leader if you don't have that trust is the basically the bottom line on that one, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's why the organizations that are leaning in with empathy and really trying to see and hear their people and understand their experience and understand, put their finger on the pulse in terms of understanding their fears, right? And their anxieties and and the natural stress that's coming up as they're thinking about making such a steep transition, right? Because it is, we've been in lockdown for a very long time, at least up here in Canada, a year and a half in and out of all these, these lockdowns, right? So I think that's really important. And that's why we're pushing so hard with this leadership to 2.0 mission, right? It's like, if you don't see and hear your people, then you're not going to have a freaking clue as to how to best help them safely return to work. 
<laughs> and and yeah, the other the last thing I'll say about this in terms of retaining talent is be clear on your values and absolutely walk your values without question. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID has really illuminated this because a lot of companies say like we're people first or mm-hmm. we're safety first, and then at the first chance it's you know come back to the office, or at the first chance it was oh, our profits are down, let's cut people, mm-hmm. right? And I think mm-hmm. that those things really sh- shined a light for people, and they're seeing like oh, it's all talk mm-hmm. and obviously. Yeah, right? And, and we need to be very careful because as Clive Lloyd likes to say, trust arrives on foot but leaves on horseback. I love it. Thank you, Clive. That's such a powerful metaphor, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, this this cannot be understated, right? The importance of this because, and I'll tell you as the leadership mindset uh, expert in the room, it's like, hello, <laughs> Most of what you do is autopilot, like 95 to 97% of your choices all day long as a leader. Bam, 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 bam. And so what motivates those decisions? Your values do. So you can't just say that it's important and expect your people to see you acting incongruently with what you're saying is important and actually trust you and, and have belief in you and your abilities to lead them in the right direction right? It's just not going to stack up. It's not going to land. And that's where people pull back and start to disengage. And that's a really dangerous place for any leader or any business to be, right? When that's like the reality behind the gates of that that organization. I love it. And Susan, is there anything you want to add for people who are out there who are like really in charge or after hearing the stats now or thinking about how to retain talent? Yeah, I mean, like, listen, if you are lucky enough to have great talent on your team, I think the first thing is that you just have to you just have to recognize the role that you need to play as a leader, because a leader is a coach. Okay. And so if you have a high performer, if you have somebody who's super talented and the right fit, right, for that role or whatever it is that you're asking that person to do, then you gotta lean in. Like you got to lean in not only with empathy and compassion to make sure that you are seeing that person so that person feels heard and feels seen and therefore feels safe, but you need to lean in with a a ton of support, right? Like, cause that person, if they're really like a high performer and a top talent, that's what we're suggesting is true, right? Is like, they value the growth opportunities, right? They value having that type of, you know, perspective outside of them from a leader that is actually going to help to develop them, right? Especially like we're saying today with the younger generations, that's so important to them, right? Is that they're not going into an organization and and flatlining, right? So I think it's, uh, you know, leading in in terms of that development and support. And that's why we like to say leaders are coaches, right? Because it's like a mindset shift for them in terms of how they have to develop that leaning in with the empathy and the compassion because, you know, a big part of, of leadership of high performers it's, or for leadership of all kinds, I want to say, is relationship too, right? It's like making sure that you have that really strong rapport because that's the trust underneath that's being built with that. Um, and then, yeah, I think it is. It's just like 
constantly being in that feedback loop, loop with them because the reality is, is that you might not know everything about what that person needs from you, but it's your job as their coach, right? To constantly be checking in with that and soliciting feedback and not only in terms of what they need, but in terms of how you're doing, right? And supporting what they need to continue to sustain peak levels of growth. I think those three things just off the top of my head are probably the most important when it comes to, you know, maintaining and keeping real top valuable talent engaged. What do you yeah. think, Rob? No, I love it. And, and like for me, the feedback needs to be very much and all of this stuff, but the feedback needs to be very much focused on the individual. Mm-hmm. And like there's no golden rule for or well, there's no black and white white rule of, you know, thou shalt do. And it's funny, right? Most of this stuff is very much the person to person relationship based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest key to take away from this is there's no hard and fast rules that you can apply that that'll work. You mm-hmm. just really need to cater to each individual. And that that comes in terms of feedback, that comes in terms of return to the office, that comes in terms of all these different things. Mm-hmm. That's why the relationship's so important because, yeah, everybody, you know, we're all sl- slightly unique and different in terms of what it is that we need in the form of that support, right? So that's why we're saying like having the space or creating the space, right, to really not only cultivate a strong relationship and strong rapport and trust, but to nurture and nourish it so it gets stronger and stronger, you know, the longer you're with somebody or lucky enough to be with that top talent on their growth journey. (laughs) We're all about retaining that top talent. Now, Susan, we wanted to talk a little bit about where we're going with all of this. Do you wanna do you wanna kick us off? Yeah, I mean, we honestly didn't know what we know as strongly as we know it today when we first launched this leadership launchpad project. We just did that because we had to, right, Rob? We felt so strongly compelled to lean in and create a space where we could open up this level of conversation in the world. And here we are, right, um, in Canada, we're finally moving into stage three here in Toronto. So everybody on the streets, like, all right, it's time to get back in the game. It's time to get back in the game. And what have we been saying since day one on this show? Our mission is to help change the way the game is being played, both in business, but also as an extension of that in life, right? Because like we just said, business is one third of our lives and clearly we're bringing that home with us at the end of the day. So, so yeah, I think this is the reality. This is the state of the union today, you know, for our audience to understand is that as much as we've been saying, you know, leadership 2.0 is coming, leadership 2.0 is coming. Leadership 2.0 is here. Okay. The state of the union today, as we prepare to get back in the game, is that anybody who is hanging on for dear life to that leadership 1.0 stage, right? That industrial era form of command and control management, not leadership, right? The reality and the, st- the stats bear it out, as Rob likes to say, um, is that if you are not leaning in and starting to develop these strategies that we've been talking about on this show from a leadership 2.0 standpoint, then you're going to get 
you're going to get left behind. You're not going to be able to get back in the game and compete, you know, because that's what we've been saying. It's like, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Guess what? That's that, that moment has arrived. So we're very excited, Rob and I, because we are like, firing on all cylinders in terms of people's readiness for this. We're having more conversations than we ever had with leaders coming out of the woodwork due to this show um, and the, the, the Leadership Launchpad program that we launched during the pandemic. So we're firing on all cylinders, right, Rob? And we're cooking up and brewing all kinds of opportunities to really support our leadership communities so that we can make sure we're meeting you where you're at, wherever that is in terms of, you know, what it is that the, the, the gap is all about for you so that we can really get in there and, and support you guys with the, the right training opportunities, right. And the right coaching opportunities and the right assessment opportunities. And we're looking at all kinds of really exciting opportunities for our audience really to get even further engaged on this mission with us. Right, Rob? And I think you mentioned the key word for me, and it's community. Yeah. And I see that this is what this is. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there are 2.0 leaders out there, and maybe you're in an organization that's 1.0 from the top, or your or the network of people that you're in is 1.0, and it helps it really hurts you and it makes you feel isolated and it makes you feel like you you're thinking differently than everybody else mm-hmm. i know because that's me <laughs> i hear it all the time as resistance right in the chairs like but i'm the only one who thinks this way or sees these problems and wants to do something about it yeah that isolation is huge and that's and that's what we want to do for you right is we want to create a community around this we want to make a movement around this to change the working world forever Mm -hmm. and if you're still stuck in the 1.0 leadership be prepared to lose 40 percent of your staff and be prepared to have significant training and onboarding and all these expenses around that because they say six to nine months it takes to onboard an employee Mm -hmm. and so this is the time. If you haven't moved yet, you need to move today. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you need. Well, you know what they say Yesterday. about the tree, right? It's, <laughs> it's the best time to plant a tree was ten years ago, but if not, it's right now. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So Same you need thing. to move right now, and we're going to be here to support you each and every step of the way. So definitely, stay in tune with this show share this one wherever you can share podcasts and definitely share it with all the leaders in your life whether they're 1.0 or 2.0 let's make a movement together and let's make it happen that's what it's all about to us is that ripple effect um yeah the most powerful thing that any of us can do is just take a stand is just stand up in whatever room that is wherever you are in the world whatever organization you're in or or business you're running, um, yeah, it's just take a stand and just model this for the world to see. Something very powerful about that, right, Rob? Is like when you just you get to carry that uh, that model 
so that other people can experience its benefits, right? So I think it's very powerful. Tribe and community is everything. You know, we like to say growth is a team sport. There's nothing more powerful than getting into a locker room, right, Rob? And going shoulder to shoulder with like-minded people with the same passions, the same energy, right? The same sense of mission and purpose. So if you don't have that, then that obviously is what we're feeling called to create is more spaces, more locker rooms, if you will. We're sports people. So we love that metaphor. Um, yeah, just so that you can really have the support that you need to take a stand in whatever room you're trying to take a stand in right now. So I know Rob, you're, you're offering, um, the first 10 people who reach out to us, uh, a free psych safety assessment, which is a wonderful starting point just to put your finger on the pulse of your team, just to see where you're at in terms of that psych safety, because that really is the foundation, right? In terms of everything we're talking about in the Leadership 2.0 journey. We've got the Leadership Launchpad Project program. We just launched another one of those, but we're, uh, yeah, we got a couple of different ideas in terms of how we're gonna iterate on that coming down the pipeline. So I think the most important thing is just share this, this show, help us spread this mission. People need this intel more than ever. Let's change the way the game of life and business is being played forever. Come join our Leadership 2.0 tribe in whatever shape or form or fashion that is. Um, yeah, and, and help us get this this out into the lives of the people who need it most right now. I love it. And the last thing I'll just say for everybody, and I, I've said this before, it was actually at a, at a keynote I did for Fixed Software last year. I said, every movement starts with one person. Mm-hmm. And it starts with each and one and every one of you. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are today. Each and every one of you listening to this can be that movement in your community, can be that movement in your workplace, can be that m- movement in your family. It just starts with a little courage. Mm-hmm. And it starts with a team to give you that courage to take it out into the world. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to be for you. That call to courage. That's exactly where we want to mic drop it today, right? You're not alone. That's also important for us to say. There's obviously a lot of us that are, are feeling this surge and starting to take a stand in the rooms that we have the opportunity to, to do so. Um, you're not alone. But if you feel like you're alone, this is your call to courage. Right, Rob? Absolutely. Everybody, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform and send it out to all your leaders and friends. We'd really appreciate that. We would also really appreciate it if you dropped us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us boost the show and check out EliteHighPerformance.com slash leadership for all the things that we got going on. And we'll have some more annou- announcements coming shortly, but definitely stay tuned for that. And Harley, wait, Rob, I'm getting excited over here. <laughs> Susan, is there anything you want to leave us with today? I'm just, I'm, I'm calling you out, right? I'm calling you out if you need this call to courage, please, 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 please. The time is now. 
You're going to be on the right side of things. We promise you that. The stats bear it out. This has been so much fun. Um, honestly, this brings me so much fulfillment to see that this has been, because I've been saying, I think the silver lining is this. I think this, it's so freaking fulfilling to know that I have not been alone in my sensing of that, that we are in fact standing at the doorstep of this leadership 2.0 surge that's about to take over the world. <laughs> it will for sure. And the, the thing I'll say and I'll leave people with is the game has changed. COVID has changed the rules for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. We see now what work needs to be and we see the gaps between what work is and what it needs to be. And that's why people are leaving. It's up to us as 2.0 leaders to close that gap and make work what it needs to be for everybody. Amen. And Mike we'll see job. you all Bye. next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody.